Alright, this is the Yay, I'm Reg Clay. Norman Jean usually would be here, but he is actually in Chicago with his family, enjoying life. But I have Ben Couch. Ben, how's it going, man? I'm going pretty good, thanks. Ben and I have been on stage at uh, Bendel Stiff. We've done actually uh, two things for Bendel Stiff. We did um, Stories High. And we also have done um, Aurora, that wonderful piece by Jeannie Barago. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't realize this, but you you and I – so I went to an arts high school, and you also went to an arts high school, right? I did. It was a magnet school in Connecticut in New Haven, mm-hmm. um, close to Yale. So it would pick up kids from all the schools from around, and then at 12 would mm-hmm. bus us to yeah. the art school, and then from one to I think it was four or five – um, we would just concentrate on um, on theater. So you could go for art or singing or music or dance or theater. So I went there for the theater. Did you have to audition? Because that's yeah. what I had to do. But it's uh, – I auditioned – so I moved to America, and my first year was in uh, fresh, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. That year I spent just in high school because I – had to audition, and then they approved me and let me in the following year. So I did the, the last three years there. Okay. But I had to go in. You have to submit sort of a written why you would want to go to the art school, and then mm-hmm. they bring you in, and then you do an audition, mm-hmm. um, a monologue, and then you wait for a really, really long time, which is awful <laughs> when you're that age, you know. Yeah. And then they finally let me in. But for me, it was I had to wait so long because they didn't know if they were going to – uh, prove the budget for it, you know, because the schools oh, have to submit some money for sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, and um, that's the thing with magnet schools is the, you know, where's the funding right. coming from? Right, right. So, um, but, yep, I I went there, and that was incredible for me. It was huge to be in a community. First of all, to be with people from all around the state. Yeah. You know, you really get uh, a much larger feel for uh, different types of people, and um, and to come in and have that outlet of theater and have it be real serious theater. So I'm not a huge – I've never had a huge connection to musical theater. Yeah. And to go in and have it really focus on um, sort of more experimental theater mm. um, and not even – not really the American classics or anything, but sort of uh, more experimental stuff, which I just love that stuff. Yeah, when I went to uh, school, I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and it's amazing. They gave us Stanislavski, and they gave us Uta Hag and Respect yeah. for Acting. And I'm like, wow, you know, we're 15-, 16-year-old kids. But they were like, hey, we're going to give it to you. If you can take it, great. If you can't, whatever, you know, we, we've given you the opportunity. What, what sort of things, what sort of techniques or... So when you get in first class you take, you're not doing any plays, any scripts. It's all Udahag and you're doing the exercises. Got it. So you're doing the miming exercise where you have to, you have something physical that you do, like uh, tight, uh, something that takes about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you do it so many times that then you come out and you pantomime, it has to be perfect. And ah, then yeah. another thing is that you go out and you get objects from all over the city and mm-hmm. then you somehow do uh, a play with it. I'm trying to think some other ones. And so then, and then on Wednesdays you have voice lessons. So mm-hmm. they're teaching you um, the articulators phenomics and, the, and yeah, the articulators and the resonators yes. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And all the exercises that you need to warm everything up before right. you go on. And then right. another one is the movement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of it is, you know, which which now I see is huge, which a lot of people don't 
naturally know because once you learn it you can't forget it the right. movement on stage and how to fill space right and how to always be aware of clumping and 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 and, and, and you know holding still which mm -hmm. w which was huge for me so the voice the uga haga the voice and the the movement mm -hmm. um are they, they start with your foundations then you move on up did they um, ever talk? And this was really the only. Did Did you take any subsequent classes after high school, or, or that's pretty much it? That's pretty much it. I'm, or no, yes, I did. For at uh, Santa Barbara City College, mm -hmm. I did a number of classes there. So I skipped the basic acting because it was more introduction to monologues. And I was like, <laughs> I, no, I went up to the teacher. I was like, listen, I know you have to do this class, do the next one, yeah, but like, yeah. I came from an art school. Like, I, I don't need to <laughs> learn how to do a monologue. So they skipped me up, mm -hmm. and that was just uh, scenes. Um, and then the, the one, and I did a number of plays there, mm -hmm. um, and um, finished their acting program. Yeah. Um, but didn't didn't get a degree because I didn't finish the other academics. Sure. Did they did they focus on like beats and objectives? You know, that's something that Norman and I talk about a lot. So yes. So. Um, so a lot of that was done in the the Shakespeare mm -hmm. because then you want to go into the Ionic kind, but then you yeah. know the, the, a really good way of showing people, uh, teaching people Shakespeare is to break it up and right. learn how to just take this huge mass of what is this mm -hmm. and a way to, um, I mean, with most of the uh, scripts that you get if you're doing the play, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of script work that you'll do beforehand, right? to teach you how to say like hey you got this part mm -hmm. you know you got the script like mm -hmm. this is how you get from a, a script of like all this mm -hmm. um to be able to deconstruct it into ideas and um and and, and, and beats and, and and stuff um mm -hmm. yeah it was i i was i, I feel really good with the other education that um they provided me um after i left they did a bunch of musicals, and I'm glad they <laughs> waited until I yeah, left to yeah, do that. Yeah, and they missed out on that. They did like Pippin and stuff. I was like, okay. oh, I remember, I remember glad doing Pippin in uh, college. Yeah. yeah, it's um. So when you um, what did you? You know, I I know why I sort of got into acting. You know, Norman and I talked about how it meant there was something about uh, the arts and about theater when we were kids. Like when I was a child. It was the church, you know, like they had me up, little Reggie, we want you to do a, you know, the scriptures and all that sort of stuff. And that was my first foray into getting in front of an audience of people and speaking or whatever. When did you get bit by the theater bug? So my mom always used theater as daycare, right? Mm -hmm. So like there would be like community theaters for young kids. And I think it was free. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure she was just like, get this kid out of my house. <laughs> throw yeah. him in. So I was doing it yeah. from the age of four. Uh -huh. And so like we did, uh, uh, P, uh, what's the uh, Robin Hood? Robin Hood. We did oh, oh, sure, yeah. Anyway, so I was doing it every single year continuously. Also, I've done, a, you know, youth theater and done numbers of plays. And I was the kid that whenever they had stuff to speak out in front of the crowd, they would get me. Mm -hmm. I've always had a pretty big, huge voice, mm -hmm. and I love being in front of an audience. Like, you know, you put me in front of an audience, and it's so just no like... no stage fight at all? Um, no. I've, I, I've had tremendous fear before walking on stage, mm -hmm. but then once you get up there, it's like, all right, let's work this crowd. Yeah. And as a kid, I was the performer. I was... Um, but, you know, 
as I evolved, so it started as the love of being up there and performing, mm -hmm. but also for me, I think now I almost love the process more yeah. of working with people and developing and getting those epiphanies, you know, like you're doing a scene, then all of a sudden someone clicks and then you click and you found a whole new meaning to this little tiny part or you find especially in comedies when mm -hmm. you when you find really funny little tiny things and yeah the, the process i've come but i started just loving the attention and loving yeah. the um the affirmation of like wow yes you were so good <laughs> it was you like mm -hmm. well done like you will do this you you know it, yeah. it feels good you mentioned that you have um i'm sorry you mentioned in the other you did another podcast with me i'm an american too uh, you have siblings. Do you have, a, you have yeah. a brother? Do you have uh, any other siblings? So I have, I have a brother who's my age, mm -hmm. and that was from my mom and dad. But in America, which my mom lives in England, so in America with my dad, uh, he is with a woman who has two girls, mm -hmm. and then together they have a girl and a boy. So technically, I have uh, three sisters and two brothers. Okay. But of me and my age, from my mom and dad. It's just me and my brother. But okay. I, I have many siblings below me. Yeah. Now, did your brother also get into... No. My the... brother is the furthest from... In fact, at his wedding, he had to get up and say something. Yeah. Terrified. <laughs> he had to do a dance. You know, uh -huh. you have to, he has to dance with my mom. Yeah. Terrified. I mean, just any... Like, the absolute worst. And I was always the absolute opposite <coughs> of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we didn't really get on that as kids because we were so different in that way. Oh, know? interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, he did not get that bug at all. I'm ah. Sure. So it sounds like now it was your mama a bit of a performer? I mean, no. She, no, interesting. Absolutely. Does, does not come from my mom at all. She's the opposite from that. I don't know. My dad's sort of got that businessman flair. He loves yeah. going to the town hall meetings mm -hmm. and just saying <laughs> con controversial stuff just to stir the rum. <laughs> like, he'll go into it and he's known or he'll just go in and just uh, cause an absolute ruckus and bring the house to the ground and, and, and leave. But that's all through his business. So I, I feel like he's he's got the performer in the salesman sense i guess i guess his stage is the boardroom or right. you know, if he's making a sale or i don't i don't know what business he's in but i think yeah. he was in a band called anal sores when he's like the punk rock band oh, in right? the 80s uh -huh. um but i don't know he's not done any other performing than that wow. but like had i not been thrown <laughs> into theater when i was young for like daycare maybe mm -hmm. i wouldn't have caught the bug maybe you know, that it's kind of like skiing, put a kid on the slope before he realizes how dangerous it is that he's there. Right, right. Kind of put a kid in front of a, an audience before he can learn how, how, how badly things could go. Yeah. And boom, he's, you know, you get over it early. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I know for me, and Norman has also talked about this, we, we came from rather rough neighborhoods or whatever, so theater sort of saved us. The arts sort of saved us from not only the outside environment because we can go into an environment which is safe, but also maybe it saved us from ourselves because our minds were focused. Did you go through a little bit of that as well? You know, I, I think uh, the theater gave me community, mm -hmm. whereas as a person, I was born with sort of uh, – an isolating tendency. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, I, I'm sociable and I can be sociable with people, but I will always come home and not go hang out with friends. Or, mm. And that's sort of, whereas with theater, it's like you've got a bunch of friends and they're all going to be together at these times a week and you get together and 
you know, the bonding that goes on in, yeah. in theater. And for me, it pulled me out of isolation and gave me a community and has since always done it, like Bindlestick. That's the exactly right. The community that I was able to build through that, whereas, yeah, I've got a lot of friends from Bindlestiff, and mm -hmm. um, that's what community is just for me. Because I lived in Northern England, there wasn't there wasn't really much, you know, danger or mm -hmm. um, maybe there was some bullying and stuff, but um, maybe that's kind of where the isolating came from. But for me, it, it gave me this this community of people that I could count on being there. Yeah, and I was just talking with Conrad Panganaban, who is one of the um, founders of Bindlestiff. Right, Conrad, and, yeah. And Bindlestiff is just fantastic. I mean, you know, great Philippine community, and, you know, they're inclusive. They, they bring everyone in. You don't have to be Philippine to, to be a part of Bindlestiff if you want to volunteer, if you want to act. Uh, they have a wonderful program, Stories High, where if you're a budding actor and you want to fill up your resume, you can audition and be a part of that, or you can be a part of their workshop. Um I, I'm trying to think how I got involved in Bindlestiff. I think it's one of those things as an actor. If you act on one stage, all of a sudden you get a phone call or a text message saying, hey, someone else is looking for an actor, and they were looking for a black actor to play. Um, I think I played a Mingus. I played a jazz person in one of the earlier stories high. Mm -hmm. How did you get involved in Bindlestiff? I looked up uh, auditions as, you know, the Facebook page. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had, sh I had done an audition before that, and – it was a very weird audition. They like it, they had us come in and do this dance. It was really creepy and weird. And then they were like, and mm -hmm. "Do it again, exactly." It was it were a bunch of people from state. Yeah. And I'm gonna make if there's people from state, they're gonna get really offended. But actors that come from state, um, I don't understand it. I don't understand <laughs> their vibe. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So it, you you mean San Francisco State? San Francisco State. Okay. There's this like weird like I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna generalize <laughs> the entire artistic theater yeah. community from there. Anyway, those auditions. So anyway, I I did. So then to go to the Bindlestiff audition, which was just, um, uh, you know, like we have these different parts, mm -hmm. and uh, it was so welcoming and so just like fuck yeah, let's just do. And then yeah. to go through the process and just have it be such a beaut that. Uh, that whole process was just so beautiful. So I'd gone to that audition and been like, oh, I don't even know if I want to do auditions if this is how they do them in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But then to go and do the middle stuff. And then after that, I did the love edition. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, I did Hedda Gabler, which is the first sort of main stage uh, play that I did with them. Mm -hmm. I haven't done anything else with, with, with them. Um, I, they'd reached out for me for their, their like a queer um, – uh, stories high of like collection of, um, but I ended up not being able to take okay. part in that. Yeah. But the Bindle Stiff is so incredible because not only does it take people who are like really interested and mm -hmm. it takes people from their community who may feel ostracized or unable to sort of connect mm -hmm. and brings them in to the, with their fellow uh, Filipinos and stuff I in a way that's not like, hey, come hang out with us. It's like, hey, come and do this play and then you naturally have to show up on all of these days right. and naturally you will build those connections and mm -hmm. then by the end of the play, boom, you have a community. Right, right, exactly. Which is a really beautiful way of bringing people who, who may feel – and let it go – putting the – you know, g giving them this, this, this new skill. Mm -hmm. I just think that the, that theater and its ability to bring community together is uh, so – it does it so incredibly well 
because the other approach is like, hey, show up and build community. Well, if you all come and have a potluck, it's a little difficult one time mm -hmm. to build those connections. Yeah. But if you can bring them in and then get them committed to like a like a run, yeah. Then then it, you you've got those communities, especially because the soma, which you know, of course, for I had no idea of the uh, the Filipino influence and past and and and, and, and the culture around there mm -hmm. is being squashed out, you know, and it is yeah. being squeezed down. Mm -hmm. So to have that theater sort of catch the last right. there and really hold strong and, and put up a stand <coughs> is, um, hell yeah, I'm I'm so down for that theater. And I've been on the other side. I've been I've been involved with community uh, because I've been. I, I was a member of two uh, theater communities and um, theater companies, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's money, you know, or you know they they have the energy, and for whatever reason people just venture out because well I want to you know go to New York I want to go to Broadway mm -hmm. or whatever, and then you sort of lose the community, or they don't have the money they run out, and it's wonderful to see Bendelstiff they have their own house. They have a bunch of people who are just willing to, hey, you need to build a set, let's build a set. I need to hang lights, to hang. There's no hang ups. There's no, oh, wait a minute, I'm just an actor. You know, you. I, and you've got a bunch of core people there who, like, are always working the lights. Exactly. Always work, and and they, there was a lot of human time given to that theater. Yeah. And maybe not all of it as paid as it should be. Mm -hmm. But also, they don't, they don't get that many grants. You know, like, they apply for all of the grants, but yeah. they get looked over for many, many of those grants. It is very difficult for them to be taken seriously. Yeah, but yet they still survive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it really is a family and there. The, the theater's gorgeous. Yeah, you know, it the, is. They say I, I didn't go to the old mm -hmm. the old theater, mm -hmm. um, but they said it was a little run down. And then they, I think, part of the arrangement of tearing down the building and building a new building was mm -hmm. that they had to provide them the theater that they were going to take. Right. And so it's it's really modern. You know, it's 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 really great. Yeah, I mean, it's a great black box theater and mm -hmm. the green room. You know, where you can uh, hang out and. Um, it's 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 really really good. So I would encourage anyone if you uh, want to get involved in theater or just you know see a great show. Bindlestiff is and just fantastic. I've thought absolutely many times that I would love to rent that space. You know, it's yep. it's it's just such a you know it, it's got the right amount of seats that it, it wouldn't be hard to fill. Yeah, you know, um, and but enough that you could break even on it. Yeah, and it and it has uh, sides. I mean, it's it's not quite in the round, but right. you know, it's it's a it's a unique enough space. It's not like your traditional black box theater where every you know the the audience just sitting in one area and and what have you. I mean, it's 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 it. This I'm flexible, but yeah. I've seen different different layouts out of lay, mm -hmm. layouts of it. Um, and it's got sort of everything that the the light ability. You know, you can have. Um, you can pull down the curtain so you can have like a, an immediate backstage, mm -hmm. and they've got like the booth. Um, but I wouldn't say it, it was it was crazy technical. Mm -hmm. um, but pretty much anything you want to do there, there's, oh, sure. there's the capacity for it. And I know mm -hmm. a lot of people. The only downside is that it's right on Sixth and Harrison. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, people and people also say that about the exit. You know, a lot of people don't want to go to the exit theater because it's right there in the Tenderloin. Um, yeah, it's not the greatest, but uh, it's, you know, it's still fine. And they still bring in, they still have great productions, and they still bring, you know, a fair, fair amount of audiences. Yeah. And I think, you, now, when you and I were there, the story's high where we were cops. Um, uh, was that the first time that you were, was that your first Bindle yeah, performance? Yeah, that was my first. Wow. Okay. So I went in and did Amy's play, which was. That's right. You were the, um, they had you as a punk rocker, and you were dancing. Punk rocker, and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um. And that's when I was asked to be pulled into the cop one. They mm -hmm. were like, listen, we need 
can you do two? And I was just like, yeah, sure. And um, it was quite a heavy schedule, but mm -hmm. I loved it because I hadn't done theater for maybe two years at that point. Right. And in the same situation that I'm sort of sitting in now had just become like, I'm feeling void. I'm feeling like an artist who hasn't put pen to paper. Like I'm just feeling yeah. that that build up. Yeah. You know? Well, you'll you'll get a phone call. I mean, you'll you know you you you're gonna get some attention um, because wait, and it's the effort that you put in. You know, you showing up, you doing auditions, are you you know, mm -hmm. and it's like sitting back and waiting for it is is never gonna be a good. Yeah. There are a lot of actors. You've heard about the TBA generals, and have you heard about Theater Bay Area? They have like these general auditions where it's like yeah. a cattle call or whatever. Some people like it. Some people really don't like it because it's like, um, you know, you show up and you do this, the traditional monologue or whatever, and they're like, well, okay, we'll call you. Or and they just you. never do. Yeah, or they never do, or, uh, you know, you, someone may call and you may do. I mean, it's a little different from, let's say, Bendelstiff, where you show up and they're like, okay, I like you. Okay, boom. Yeah. Let's, let's do it or whatever. I mean, when you think about your, I guess, a career, um, do you – are you comfortable with how things are now? Like if you get a phone call or you'll show up or are you – Well, where I'm sitting right now is mm -hmm. that I, I just uh, – the fact of the matter is that I have an accent. And it's not British mm -hmm. and it's not American mm -hmm. and I can't do an American accent. And uh, the amount of roles with British people are not there and I'm starting to see that like – I mean really what auditions can I go to? What, what parts – because in, in less, in less uh, with community theater it's easy because it's sort of like we need people and – we can sort of bend the artistic. But if you're going to go and do sort of main stage stuff, you're going to have a director sitting there and being like, no, that, that is not what this character is. You know what I mean? You can't, they're not going to squeeze, they're not going to change the character to an English character, which is a big artistic mm -hmm. jump. Yeah. So now I'm starting to see that like, if I want to start doing main stage um, uh, productions, that like maybe it's time to, you know, get some money together and put it on myself. Like it, 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 it may be looking mm -hmm. that like, Maybe that's what I'm going to need to do to be able to have that outlet. And a lot of it is thinking that, like, in the sense that I actually remember our conversations of, like, you know, like starting a theater company. Well, sometimes, you know, you can have the talent, but you know, if, if you don't have the money, you know, and also, like, you can put up an amazing show, but if you're not selling out the seats. Mm -hmm. But maybe finding sort of uh, a group of people who um, feel, for whatever reason, that they, they just uh, feel a little left out of. They have legitimate talent of an art, mm -hmm. whether it be music or dance, yeah. and that they feel that that like they can't find an in, mm -hmm. um, and they're not really in it for the money. They're just looking for an outlet, yeah. and getting those people together and saying like, "Hey, look, you know, we have these talents. We have these different styles. Mm -hmm. Like, can we put something on?" And finding ways to like maybe get some funding to rent Bindle stuff out for two weekends mm -hmm. and do that or something else. In fact, I have a name for Stranded Platypus. Hey, I like it. <laughs> I love it because it's memorable, right? Yeah, yeah. And like you could get a nice logo. Mm -hmm. So that's in the sense of thinking of like, you know, I I, I could go to auditions, mm -hmm. but at, at the end of the day, I, I feel like they're going to look at me and go, oh, can, can you do that in Standard American? And I'm going to have to be like, no. It's funny. I, I've had to go through the other side of that where uh, I had to, so I was in a play where I had to be South African. I had to do a South African accent. And I guess, you know, listening to tapes, I, I managed to do that. But then I was cast in a play where I had to do an English accent. And I kept on, it was like, no, it's that, it's that, it's that. And, and I just could never, ever, ever get it. And to do an accent, I, I, I did a play there. It was a Southern play, and it was, 
It's it's difficult because a lot of it you spend so much energy just trying to get an authentic voice because we all know how awful it is when we watch a movie and it's just like someone's not doing a good accent. Yeah. That that it takes. I don't, I don't know how these Australians can you know like you have Hugh Jackman and you have Christian Bale. They just do the American accent so flawlessly. Or I think Christian Bale is. Uh, I don't think he's Australian. I think he's he's England or. And there's like I took a class in uh, accents one time. It was really fascinating on like where you put it and the res you know yeah. the resonance and stuff. And, yeah. Um. But you know, so much time goes into that that it's like I'm not in it to do accents. I want to get in the character. Right. I want to like what am I right. saying? Like why am I saying this? Where where's the where's my connection points? What? Yeah. Where can I add some? Uh, something different to this yeah you know here's a question for you um do you i, I would say that you're a millennial yeah what you'd say so is it difficult getting millennials and this is something norman and i have talked about it's it's hard enough for like a, you know espn had laid off a bunch of folks because people aren't watching tv anymore uh people are uh it's hard to get people to watch movies anymore because pe- it's all youtube and whatever the video games is or whatever is it hard to get people to go into a theater? I mean, could there, could there be a demise in, in, in theater? Well, I mean, that's the thing. You go to community theater, it's full of young people, but they're all the friends of the people who are well, on stage. Sure, yeah. You know, like, are people going yeah. because um, – and uh, I feel like San Francisco, people could go to the theater. You know what people do a lot is go to those improv nights. You yeah, know? that's right. That's right. So they're filling the theaters, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think maybe elsewhere in the country not so much, but I feel like San Francisco – the youth argo, but I, uh, I feel like the people who would go and see something in the theater having no connection to anyone in... It's tough. I'm sure it is tough. Uh, I, I don't feel like it's dying, though. Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel like it's dying at all. Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, there's something about live theater. I mean, there's something that you get from watching something live that you can't get from a movie screen or from, you know, a YouTube video or, or anything like that. I mean, that's the thrill. Of the stage, will millenniums go and see Streetcar Named Desire? No. So that's the thing is that if you're going to get millennials to go yeah. into the theater, you're going to have to get. If it's Miley get... Cyrus, who's you know going to play <laughs> Blanche or, or what have you, or, Wait, or, or, well, or you, Bieber or somebody. But look, I mean, look at Broad- Broadway has never been has never made more money. You know, like it yeah. is. So Broadway musicals, pe- people love experimental theater. Maybe not people love improv. Yeah. Um, but you know. I also it's it's how you sell it, right? So if you did not a marketing campaign that's not like, hey, would you like to see this theater? It's like, mm-hmm. If you can sort of spin it another way, and uh, I'm not even quite sure how you do that, but um, it, you know, mixing it with like uh, getting uh, a restaurant to be like, hey, yeah. come get this taste. We'll do this food, right. this like pop up. Right. Eat and then we'll do the yeah. play, and you can mm-hmm. kind of mix with other things. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned restaurants. Like now, you have these um, what do you call them? Vans, food vans, which yeah. are very, very popular now. Good food too. Oh, it's ex- excellent food. Yeah, and I think uh, a theater equivalent. I, I've been asking a bunch of friends, especially when it comes to new material, film it and let's you know put it on YouTube. Like I was talking to Conrad uh, Penn, Pagana Band. Yeah, exactly. Like he'll write something new. And he'll bring some cameras on and, like, have a YouTube channel, which could be, like, a newer version of theater. 
And, you know, if you get enough people to watch it, enough likes, then you can get sponsorships or something like that. Isn't there such a faux pas against filming theater, though? Isn't that like the the forbidden, you know, like yeah. you never film theater? Well, I've, I've heard, obviously, you know, if you're going to do some of established work, like let's say Eugene O'Neill, mm-hmm. then you're going to get a phone call saying, hey, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, you can't do that. But, you know, I, I right, it's using technology, but uh, – Often in YouTube, things just get lost in YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. But having it through Facebook, you know, I would oh, say yeah. that would be yeah. – YouTube, it would sort of disappear, I think. But through the Facebook and having people connect of mm-hmm. – um, I, I don't think it's dead at all. But I, I also think that people aren't going to go out to the usual American classics and they're not going to go out to – they're going to go out because they see something different and edgy and controversial. Yeah. I don't think anyone will see Oklahoma anymore. I mean, you know, maybe there's an older um, audience. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. And when I think about, like, uh, Hamilton or there was a new play that just won the Tony, you have, like, these experimental theater works, which it gets enough popularity that it can go to Broadway, off-off-Broadway, and then Broadway, and then, you know, hit it big. So it, it gives me a sense of um, hope. Especially for new works. Have you ever thought about writing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a large part of what I was really good at at the theater art school was mm-hmm. writing pieces. You know, oh. we did a lot of self-written stuff that we put on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my stuff was chosen over there. I, I feel really proud. Like, that's what I took from the art school is that not only was I able to, you know, get good at the art of acting, but but also writing, you mm-hmm. know, experimental stuff and putting it on stage. Yeah. Um, have you Have you got any of your stuff on stage? No. No. Well, not yet. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if if, if my voice doesn't mm-hmm. suit a play, yeah, then I should write something myself and put it on. In fact, um, you know what I th- – what's nice about theater is that it kind of has this uh, – Banksy always talks about, like, well – when he talks, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we see his right, we see right. his, his so, drawings, but we and maybe it, maybe it was Shepard Ferry or something, but, but mm-hmm. one of those guys was talking yeah. about like uh, uh, the graffiti and uh, is is the greatest form of art because it's only temporary, and then they paint over it and it's gone, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. There's no ego to it. It mm-hmm. is just, and that's the thing with theater. You put the theater, you put it on, it just disappears forever. Yeah, and there's something radical and revolutionary and sort of like mm-hmm. so punk rock about that, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'll, I'll, uh, sometimes I think it's sort of sad. I mean, some, there's some there's some shows that I do, and it's like, wow, I want it to go last forever, and then it's just gone. And, of course, there's some that I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this thing to be over. <laughs> yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's almost like looking in the sun, even when you look away. There's still you still see the embers of and it. And I think for the actors, what is just often so incredibly sad is often you do plays and you just uh, you, everyone clicks and you just have this really wonderful bonding experience, and then the container for that ex- experience just disappears. Yeah. So often, you know, I may maybe I wasn't too into the theater piece, but wow, like the the time I spent with the people and the, how close we got mm-hmm. and how. We helped each other and shared, and mm-hmm. and then that just disappears. It just goes because yeah. you can say, "Yeah, let's try and hang out," but you don't have that container anymore. You right? Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, not that I mean, not that I would want to be a part of the Fantastics. You know, they say the Fantastics lasted for you know, it had a year run, or it, I think it was the longest running show ever. I mean, I think y'all drive me crazy. Of course, I'm sure it wasn't the entire cast for that entire year or whatever. But it is something wonderful to have something so great, and then. 
it doesn't just die. You know, some of it continues on. Well, you're still in contact with folks at Dental Stiff, right? You still yeah, hang absolutely. out with some friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the friends that I met through my theater high school were the closest friends that I continue through. Yeah. So now, I mean, the bonds that you make in theater are much because you have to uh, pull down so many walls and get so vulnerable mm-hmm. that you have to feel safe with everyone. And, you know, once you've been that vulnerable with people in that you've given that trust, you know, you don't let that go and you remember that, you know. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. There was a one piece that we did. It was a long time ago. It was, it was I was with a company called Bay Stage. And um, we had a nice bond, but there was one guy who he was just sort of rigid. I'm not sure why he was in theater, but he was just not – he was he was holding back a bit. So in any case, it's over. We do our little show. We strike it. Five years later, I'm uh, auditioning, uh, with, uh, and director's a friend of mine. Or another piece. And he's like, hey, I've got this resume of this guy. I'm going to say his name is Joe Smith. I, I don't remember his name. Have you ever acted with him before? I was like, uh, yeah, and, I, you know, I hate to say it, but he j- he just wasn't there or whatever. I was like, okay. And he just threw the resume away. So you have to be very careful, you know, when you work on a production. Absolutely. Your reputation will follow you. People, directors, would much rather work with someone that will work with them mm-hmm. than an incredible talent that will cause roadblocks the entire way. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you can't be a team player, mm-hmm. then um, there's just too much that needs to be done. It's too short of a time to have someone that's going to – Yeah, you have to give. I mean, there's such a um – you know, you talk about giving uh, your – you almost expose a part of yourself. Right. And uh, it's almost selfish if you don't, uh, if someone else is giving so much on the stage and, and you're holding back. And that's a, that's a quality uh, – I mean, I don't, I don't see it in acting. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't see it in singing. Uh, well, you, I guess you see a little bit of singing, but not in dancing, whatever. But really, there is such a, um, an openness to theater. It's good theater, I should say. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm white. That's the difference between good theater and sort of like... Mm. Right, right, exactly. When you see people and they're just... Oh, and it's just like, wow, okay. I can, and that's yeah. why I love black box theater is mm-hmm. that, you know, there's that that much more. You know who I saw recently, which chills down my... I saw the, the Janis Joplin. Uh-huh. And so I thought maybe what oh, it was... Oh, that's right. I, yeah, where is that playing at? So, uh, or where was it The ACT Geary Theater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, what a gorgeous theater. But yeah. I don't usually go to these, these, these huge theaters, but I'm yeah. a Janice Joplin <laughs> fan. Like, I have all, yeah. since I was very young. Yeah. Um, and I thought, like, oh, maybe they're just going to do sort of a musical where they're going to have her life and then every sort of break out into song. <laughs> no, yeah, they, no, they had exactly what I wanted. It was just her. Uh-huh. They had... Um, her all dressed up and stuff. Uh-huh. I think they should have given her more acne, but yeah. you know they, they they had her up there. I guess a little pretty, or whatever. Right, right. And they just she just sang, and it was oh so close to being perfect. Wow. And I was just like watching. I got to for two hours just mm. watch. Yeah. And then they also incorporated so much of like her influences, like Aretha Franklin, yeah, and Betty Davis uh-huh. and Nina Simone, yeah. Um, but. And those women were incredible. They would come out and impersonate them. And they didn't, except for Nina Simone. But I really don't think you can impersonate Nina Simone's voice because she had such a, 
unique, powerful voice. Right. But the rest of them, they were able to get really close. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't theater. Mm-hmm. It was just see. It was just giving people the chance to relive what it would have been like to see these people sing live on stage. Uh-huh. And oh, I would love. I had thought that what a good idea it would be to get somewhere, even like to put me in drag, <laughs> but get a real live band with the horns and oh, stuff, sure. and yeah. then just like drag, but just the audio mm-hmm. of the concert bands. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be such a radical theater experience for people of taking people who have died, like maybe Amy Winehouse sure. or Kurt Cobain, and getting mm-hmm. people who kind of look like them, dress them up, yeah. put a real band, so you get the feeling of people playing real instruments, yeah. but then you have that person's voice come through and they just limp, limp, limp so that you can then, mm-hmm. rather than this hologram bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, get some real um, experience of being at those concerts. Yeah. And I think that might, you know, that's, that's something that, 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 that could that's be good. That's an interesting concept. It's, 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 uh, it's interesting you talking about um, Joplin because I, th- I would think you're too young <laughs> to get into the 60s type music. She saved me. She was one of those, you know, like, you hit 12 and you get this album and it just changes music for yeah, you forever. Yeah. That was Janis Joplin for me. Um, oh, it just, you know, no one really plays these. A lot of them are covers. So a lot of Janis songs are covers mm-hmm. from, you know, earlier. Yeah. Um, but I think she did a lot of blues, right? She, I just covered a lot of blues yeah. artists from like the 30s and 40s. Right, right. So, you know, the songs exist everywhere else, but to, to hear how she like her versions of them mm-hmm. you know people never play that so, so like just sit there and hear it yeah. all and uh, i was next to these two old ladies that were just like <laughs> into <laughs> it and yeah uh, it felt it was it was awesome but so um you know i i you know i felt that it was still theater um, yeah. she sat down every so often and did some talking mm-hmm. in between the songs yeah but i was sort of like I, I already know her story. I don't need to explain her story again. You know? Yeah, I don't, I'm, well, I mean, it's I don't, I don't know her story that well, but uh, it's I mean, a, a lot of the folks in the '60s, like um, who's who, Van uh, Morrison uh, of the Doors, mm-hmm. Van Morrison, yeah. yeah, and you know, a lot of uh, but it, there's just wonderful Jim Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison, thank you, Jim not Morrison. Van Morrison, Jim Morrison. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of. Um, a lot of guys who, you know, they their flame, you know, burned a little too quickly. Twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty seven, yeah, exactly. Like a Hendrix. Hendrix and Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse. Yeah, and, and uh, Chris Cornell. Chris yeah, and I think uh Mama Cass. Mama Cass, yeah, yeah, I think so. Was it? Yeah. I feel she did, she died in the same back room as Jimi Hendrix. Wow creepy was it that yeah i was reading an article uh i think it was today where i guess millennials you know, i uh they were talking about guitarists you know uh-huh. guitar heroes and uh like um, what, uh, um uh, not robert plant who's the other guy oh, jimmy I, jimmy jimmy page jimmy page jimmy page and also keith townsend and um uh santana brian may yeah and well, they're, they're, later. and they're saying the next generation no one gives a damn about the guitar anymore it's not as radical as it used to be. And, um, yeah, it was on the front page of the Post. And uh, I guess, because, you know, we're talking about music of the 60s, and, you know, everything is just, everything is sampled now. Everything is pretty much keyboard Because you based. can play the guitar on the keyboards. Yeah, yeah, not as no. well, though. <laughs> yeah. Right, no, it's not the same, yeah. it's not the same thing. Yeah. And um, things also, I mean, now, 
because you anyone can record a piece of music on a Mac. Sure. They can post it online. Yeah. Music has just gone. Whew, there's just so much stuff out there. Right, right, exactly. Um, that there must be so much guitars in there, but maybe, maybe it's not making it through. Yeah, and I guess you know the article is saying you know the millennials are just into something uh, completely different, and I guess it's it's just an age that is sort of uh, dying out. I mean, I have no idea. I hardly even listen to radio anymore. I mean, at least new music. I mean, if someone posts something on Facebook, or um, Someone will have to IM me something or whatever. I mean, I may listen. So a lot of yeah, a lot of the music on the radio is absolute crap, and they're not writing it; they're singing it. You know right. the the thing of Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. They interviewed him, and weeks after he recorded that Despacito, mm-hmm. still didn't know what he was saying in Spanish meant. <laughs> is that right? That it's become that disconnected that they don't yeah. even know what they're singing, let alone writing it or being there for the process. Yeah. But there is incredible music coming out and bands that 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 I that I'm like, oh my god, this is just so incredible. Um, but it's not making it to the radios, you know. Yeah, and radio. I mean, are we talking about like Sirius or? Uh, no, or I'm talking. No, I'm just talking like the basic, like. Basically, that's making it there is the Katy Perry's and the and oh, the sure. Miley Cyrus yeah. and the and the um, who's Taylor that? Swift, Taylor Swift and the Chainsmokers and the yeah. um, uh, you know the Imagine Dragons and the Maroon Five and the that sort of easy um, you know like my little sister is thirteen now so mm-hmm. she's sort of hitting that and I'm like all right yeah. let's get her in the right direction here. I'm like, yeah. what music do you listen to? And yeah. she, and then she was like, yeah, and I kind of like Beyonce. And I was like, Lemonade? Like, have you, have you listened to Lemonade? Because first of all, it was just like, it would make me so happy for mm-hmm. um, her to be listening to Beyonce stuff because it's just, rather than this, right, she can go two ways. One is believe that she, if, she, if she was only prettier, then she could be like good enough to be like part of it or she could start listening to Beyonce's music and, and, and hear feminism in her ears exactly. and hear what it means to mm-hmm. to be vulnerable and strong yeah. and to um, and so I was like please like lemonade start from the beginning right work right. your way through right and then there's an album before that mm-hmm. that you're gonna listen to and uh, maybe maybe drunken love might be a, a little way but for her, it's like getting her the good music. She's just listening. She's like, "Oh, I love Justin Bieber and I love these main songs." And I'm like, "There's not. She's not getting anything from any of those that are helping her mm-hmm. process what it's like to be a human or right. contemplate bigger ideas." I mean, that's what's supposed to be music lets mm-hmm. you relax, gets you excited, mm-hmm. and really takes you places that 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 that, that you can go. Is the new stuff is designed to take you nowhere because, I mean, they. You don't you don't want a population like that, you know. In the sixties, that's what it, it was. Was just like, you know, like you know, even the Beatles with the the, the revolution. It's just mm-hmm. like, what are we doing here? Like this is crazy. Like let's think big. Let's let's go. And you know, that's what the punk, the punk, you know, all mm-hmm. these music scenes of just like, uh, l- let's let's take another look at this. Mm-hmm. Whereas you hear the music now, and it's just stay exactly where yeah. you are. You know. Well, I guess the trope is. You have a band. I, I know this has nothing to do with theater, but, you know, indulge us. Um, but bands get hungry. You know, let's say you're hungry and you want to make it big and like you have t- teeming with ideas or whatever, whether it be hip hop, whether it be James Brown back in the day or let's say some uh, uh, blues guy who's trying to get out of the South, you know, electric blues or whatever. Or, or 
um, Little Otis Redding. Yeah, Little Otis Redding or whatever. And you have these great ideas, and all of a sudden you hit it big. And now you've hit it big, and you have these executives say, okay, this is the market, this is the genre, stay right there. And uh, like I was listening to the history of rock and roll, it's a wonderful documentary, and it talked about how um, Motown, uh, Barry Gordy, he wanted his artists, hey, we don't want to interrupt, the, upset the status quo. Marvin Gaye, you can't do what's going on. You can't do it. You know, we want because it's going to piss people off. And they're like, the hell with it. I'm, I want to do this because I want to say something. You know, Stevie Wonder, he had to break out, break away. Uh, he was he threatened to leave Motown because he was like, listen, I'm 21 and I'm sick of doing this ooh baby baby stuff. I want to do something serious, something cutting edge. Right. Yeah. Well, it's almost like the artists where they have to do good sort of inline art to, to be able to do that. Uh, you know, they said like Warhol had to prove himself as an artist before he could go off and do all the crazy. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Whereas if the artists, like, do they have to come in and play by the rules to be able to then go mm -hmm. off and, and say something different? Or yeah. should you allow them in? But now it's like, uh, what's his name? The rapper. Uh, One of the bigger rappers. Uh, he's young. He's, he's up and coming. But he went and did it all without the contract yeah was it Kendrick Lamar no not Lamar? Kendrick Lamar why can't I think of his name everyone's gonna can't think of it yeah yeah so he like he's I mean he's also he's like donating money to the Chicago school system and oh, right on. Um, uh, I'm gonna remember as soon as I leave here but uh, he didn't use the so a, a lot of people are now saying well maybe we don't need the record companies mm -hmm. because we got – so long as we need people to hear us, if we can get our music out there other yeah. ways, yeah. Um, I think that might be sort of the way to go because it's the record companies that say, okay, well, you've signed a contract. Mm -hmm. Now, that's what – I mean, that's what uh, Prince's whole thing was. That's why he walked onto the MTV Award with Slave written on his head because yeah. the second he signed that contract, they mm -hmm. said, no, 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 you're not doing that. That's same why he switched his name to the symbol. Sa same with Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. and that's why, like, now Adele signed four albums with Sony. Mm -hmm. She signed, so they get to say exactly what her – say she wanted to really mm -hmm. say something on one of their albums. Right. She could no longer do that. She sold mm -hmm. the rest of her career. And I'm not, not even sure in this day and age, especially with, you know, DAWs, I mean, w uh, software like uh, Cubase and Pro Tools or whatever – why do you need a record company? I mean, right. you can produce your own music. I mean, you can rent out a venue and, you know, do your own concerts. Wh what are they there for? I mean, advertisement? Or, I mean, once you've hit it big. I mean, a lot of the rappers, it's it's amazing how someone like um, Dr. Dre, let's say, can, you know, they, they'll sign with a, a record album or whatever, and then he'll just stop and say, okay, now I'm going to produce. And now I'm going to produce, let's say, Eminem. Mm -hmm. And then Eminem will stop and say, okay, I'm going to produce. And then he produces 50 Cent. Right, but then you have Usher, and he produces Justin Bieber, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't always go oh, in the... Well, right, right, you know. exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but, right, so then that's the same, uh, you know, to bring it back to theater, it's, this, it's the same thing of just, like, um, why can't you just do it grassroots, you know, like, right. so if, if, if people need a space to do theater, mm -hmm. do they go to... Uh, these auditions and try and fit within the voices, the artistic voice of the director, mm -hmm. or if we have something to say, because in these times, there's a lot to say, yeah. do we somehow figure out a voice and find a way to rent out a theater? I mean, I don't want to quote a price, because it might be wrong, but I think Bindle skipped something like 
1200 a weekend. Is that right? That is not a lot of money to be able to. It's not. It's a. It's. It would be hard to make a killing. But if you're aiming for breaking even, yeah. Like if that's your business model, right? right. Like the aim is not to uh, make profession out of it, but the aim is to keep a space open. Yeah. For. But I'm sure they supplement. I mean, sure they have other comp. They rent out their space to yeah. other companies. Yeah. yeah. So different people will come in and test out their stuff. I think they have like people from Berkeley who mm-hmm. like. Write plays, come in, put on their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I don't know how much that works, then, but for me, it's like you know, there are spaces all over San Francisco that will accommodate uh, theater, but then you've got to fill seats, you know, and you can't right. just fill the seats with people you know, you know, you get you got to bring in people that that <coughs> have no connection to you at all. Yeah, it's it's tough. I remember doing one production; there were more actors on stage than there were in the audience. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's I mean, publicity is a very very tough thing. I would think it's easier now with the age of uh, Facebook and all of that stuff. But still, you have tons of companies trying to get audiences all at the same time. Because it's a commitment. You know, people want to go out and drink and party. It's sure. like you have to sit there. You can't drink. <laughs> right. Or you can bring one drink in with you yeah. and you get another one. at this, These you, are not the movies. You can't just, you know, walk around or <laughs> right? you stay can, there. You've got to put your phone away. Right. Um, you got to – it's, it's going to be a little out of the way. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to – they're great for date nights. You know, no, no, go absolutely. to dinner, go to a go to a theater piece, and mm-hmm. um, far more sophisticated than the movies. You know, we're gonna go, we're gonna see theater. Oh wow, do I need to dress up? No, no, not necessarily. But you know, it's something. Show her think. some class, yeah. Exactly. Get get her into the theater. <laughs> Show her you got some culture in here. Exactly. Um, yeah, I I mean, I I don't think theater's going there. I think theater. I mean, theater's the oldest since you know since the Greeks, ancient Greeks. Since the Greeks, since. Yeah. Um, Antigone, since yeah, you know, since, uh, yeah, Aeschylus and Euripides and, and Electra, uh, yeah, and all of that stuff. I mean, since since the chorus was introduced, right? Right. Since, uh, Do you know the whole story? I don't know if you uh, they did theater history. They did a, a number of theater history, and so we did Antigone is one of the plays, and mm-hmm. they talked about how it started off as just one person, sort of two. Yeah. There. Well, I think it was a uh, the Greeks were the uh, they were it was a celebration for the god Dionysus, mm-hmm. who is the god of fertility, and basically they're farmers and they want to appease the gods so that they'll have a good uh, good crop, a good harvest, and so they started doing. I guess they were just speaking the, these. Um, it's almost like spoken text or whatever. And one person stepped out, who was Thespis, and he was the first actor, Thespian, and. It sort of grew from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, um, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah no, you're absolutely right. Well, that's it. I think uh, it's it's getting really, really late, and I feel bad because you got to get go to. You're you're on the bar, aren't you? No, I'm driving. Oh, so good. I'm good. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. I do have a puppy at home, though, but he's. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, so Ben, um, so I, I I know that you're you're on hiatus right now, but yeah, you got to get back on stage because you're a great talent, and you know I enjoyed uh, working with you and um, and. Um, well, maybe you might see some self-created stuff be put absolutely. up. Absolutely, that's that's sort of the direction I'm heading. Unless I can find somebody who wants an English, <laughs> a slightly English-sounding actor. If there is, please contact. That's me. right. You know, hey, <laughs> Ben Couch is here. You know, hit him yeah, up. Hit him up know. on Facebook. <laughs> So that's it. That's it for this show. And I'm Reg Clay. And uh, I think after um, 
this week as passed, we'll have Norman back, and uh, we'll be back in action. Please like us on Facebook. Please subscribe, and uh, if you're on, um, please like us on Facebook and also on um, the Apple Podcast app. Um, please, you know, subscribe. Or if you have just a desktop, you can find us on iTunes, and uh, there's also the SoundCloud app. But please like, subscribe, um, tell us what tell us what you like, what you don't like, and that is it. See you later. We are out. <laughs>